welcome to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast. A few housekeeping points before we begin. Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced. So people, verses, hadith, etc. They are all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com. Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few. But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid. Number two. I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. I love holidays, celebrations, and important calendar events. And this love has grown over the years to the point that these special events are a major part of my year. Now, I've tried to pull together various literature, hadith, du'ats, etc. regarding all of these special days. So this Islamic year, and at the time of this recording, I'm referencing the year 1440, I will do my best to compile these notes and suggestions per event and upload an episode that can be used as a reference guide. So I pray for infinite blessings and happiness for all of these events, for all of you. Take care. Hello everyone, I hope you're doing well. This episode is in regards to the Islamic month of Safar, which is the second month in the Islamic calendar. And in the pre-Islamic age, the age of Jahiliyyah, the age of ignorance, as we tend to call it, the pre-Islamic Arabs, they believed that this month was a cursed month. And in the literature that discusses this, it's called at tashaum where they would feel that, you know, it was, it was full of bad omens, it was cursed, you couldn't do anything positive in it, and it just had an overall negative connotation. Now remember, in pre-Islamic Arabia, the months were the same. In other words, they had Muharram, Safar, Rabi'al, Awl, etc. They were the same months, but their calendar was all messed up because of they used to add and subtract days and months and weeks so that they could avoid uh, the Haram months, the sacred months, uh, for for certain reasons that, that don't necessarily concern us here. So that's why the months, the, the names are the same. But they appropriated to these months sometimes, like in this case, different meanings. So they felt that this was a cursed month. And this is a counter-Islamic belief. So we don't believe that any months or weeks or days are cursed. And that's why now when we write this month, um, if we're like writing a document or um, in my case, I remember one of my, my licenses, one of my ijazas, I actually received in the month of Safar. So the Sheikh, when he wrote and he signed it, you know, he wrote Safar al-Khair, you know, Safar uh, the month of goodness and that's usually how it's referred to it's referred to a safar al-khair uh, the month of goodness why because it's a sort of a counter to this false belief this false pre-islamic belief that somehow this month is cursed or something like that that being said there are a cluster of hadith that speak about a tragedy or a series of tragedies that is commemorated or is remembered on the last Wednesday of the month of Safar. And uh, one of these hadith is narrated by Ibn Abbas, uh, and he says, anhu, on the last Wednesday of the month, meaning the month of Safar, there is a continual calamity. 
Uh, in other hadiths relating to the same subject matter, it is mentioned that on the last Wednesday of Safar, this is the day in which Pharaoh and his army perished. In other hadiths, it's mentioned that on the last Wednesday of Safar, this is the time or the or the day when the people of Aad and Thamud were destroyed, etc. Now, all of these hadith together, they're all they're all not the strongest hadith individually, but in the science of hadith, when we put all these hadith together, if there are many many hadith that speak about the same subject, and and all of them individually are on the weak side, but they're all saying the same thing and they have different narrations, then they tend to strengthen each other. So this is where this belief or this understanding came from, that no, the month is not cursed, but there is this commemoration at the end of the month, the last Wednesday of the month, in which we remember these quote-unquote negative things happened in the past to, to these people. And it is from the Sunnah that the Prophet Wasallam, uh, you know, he would remember these type of events. And actually when he would make dua, and he would make dua for something positive, he would have his palms facing the heavens. And when he would make dua like against, you know, for protection from the hellfire or something like that, he would turn his hands down and his palms, peace be upon him, would face the earth. So there's this idea in the Sunnah, and I know I'm stretching a little bit, but but we'll, I'll get to the reason why. There is this idea that, you know, there are positive things that we remember and there are negative, quote-unquote negative things that we remember. So there is no set from for what I'm about to say in, in how this event is commemorated, there is no hadith or sunnah that says, okay, do this on the last Wednesday of Safar. I want to be clear about that. But because of all of these hadiths uh, that discuss this issue, many of the ulama used their own, you know, re- independent reasoning, their own itch to head, and they came up with a series of supplications, you know, dua, some, some of them um, came up with some prayers that one can recite and that one can perform on the last Wednesday of Safar as a, a way of acknowledging and commemorating these uh, calamitous events that Allah Ta'ala has revealed to us in the Qur'an so that we could reflect. I mean, the reason we have these stories about Pharaoh and Aid and Thamud is that we reflect. And actually, in this regard, I remember very uh, vividly, uh, I had the, the, the pleasure of studying at, at one point of time uh, sort of the part of the, the Jewish uh, rabbinic tradition with uh, trained rabbis. And I remember in a discussion in which we talked about the exodus of Moses and, and the Israelites from Egypt, he mentioned to me that there is in the oral tradition uh, in the oral sort of commentary of the Jewish text, there is this story that God was um, upset and and sad when Pharaoh and his army perished. Meaning that, uh, using our language here, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala acknowledging well they're His creation too, and and not taking any joy as it were from you know the destruction of of creation so even in the pre-islamic time there is this idea that okay these events there are big signs for us and it's not a celebration okay the, it's it's called you know the series or this part of the of the podcast are celebrations and observations as well so this is just a day that we observe anyway so this brings up another point which is can we engage in you know quote unquote non specific sunnah acts of devotion and as I have said, uh, I believe, numerous times on the podcast, and I'm going to repeat here again, uh, yes, uh, as long as the act itself is somehow based on something in the sunnah. So, you know, saying dua, asking for good, uh, seeking refuge from evil, that's from the sunnah, of course. So if somebody comes up with a series of supplications to say on this day, 
that are you know basically based on those raw components, then that would be sunnah compliant. So again, even though the the acts or the supplications or the prayers on the last Wednesday of Safar are not necessarily directly from the sunnah, they are compatible and permissible from the sunnah, if that makes sense. In any case, I put together a very small um, blog post. I'll definitely link it in the episode notes uh, that has a few recommendations. There are different variations of these. Uh, the recommendations that I'm providing in the blog post are the recommendations that I received sort of through through my training and the ones that I'm familiar with and the ones that I personally engage in on the last Wednesdays of Safar. Uh, again, there are other you know books of du'a and supplications and things like that out there. So no, no reason to get so excited that it might be a little bit different. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a day of commemoration, a day of observation. Uh, and, and the way you meet that is by engaging in, in one, two, or all of these you know, acts of, of supplication. And it's something uh, to reflect, something to think about. Ultimately, because the reason we have these stories, just to repeat, in the Qur'an and in the Hadith literature uh, of pre-Islamic people, uh, God gives us these stories so that we can reflect and understand you know, what happens or what can happen, or the cycle of of power and loss of power, the, the cycle of tyranny, the cycle of dictatorship, uh, you know, how people become oppressed and then they become free, etc. And these are all things that we are, you know, as humans, we, we should be very concerned with because these things, as we commonly say, they, they tend to repeat themselves. So there's a lot of meaning um, imbued in, in this concept that these um, Pharaoh and his people, Laad, the mood, those people were destroyed on this last Wednesday uh, of Safar. So take a look at the blog post. Uh, and uh, try to do you know as many of those things as you can. They're very very simple. It shouldn't take more than I would say you know 20 minutes, uh, really. So we're not talking about a huge time commitment. But it is important to remember that this is one of the you know uh, holy days observations uh, that we have in the Islamic calendar. Uh, that's it for now. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>